Welcome to the Art of the Flying Eye podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be interviewing tattoo artist John Liu. Hey, hey, so if you don't mind, go ahead and tell everybody who you are and what you do. So my name is John Liu, and I do tattoos. Um, I've been tattooing for almost, well, 20 years, so almost 22 years. Wow. Um, yeah. Um. So I've been tattooing since December of 2001. No, yeah, 2001. So this was my 20-year anniversary, but then 2022 is going to be, obviously, my 21st anniversary. So. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the uh, the 20-year anniversary. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, how's your back feeling 20 years in? Eh, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It is what it is. Um, yeah. Not too bad, actually. I've, um, um, I don't know if it was over the years I've developed it, but because of some, um, I've developed some arthritis in my lower back, and I don't know if that's like hereditary or whatever. But I've gotten treatment for it, and it doesn't seem to bother me too much anymore. Awesome. So. Yeah, I know uh, whenever I get done tattooing, I feel like uh, a little shrimp person just all bent over into like an uppercase C. My back is so right. messed up from it. I should probably take my own advice. People ask me all the time, like, what what would you uh, tell somebody just getting in? And I'm like, stretch, stretch all the time, stretch often and long. And I don't take my own advice on it at all. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. When people ask me, they're like, well, you know, how do I, how do I get into it or what should I do? And I'm like, don't. <laughs> uh yeah honestly especially you at know this point. I mean, it's just it's just too you know people see it on like tv or whatever and they want the rock style lifestyle and i'm right. just like it's not any of that it's so much more hustle and work and, and stress dealing with clients and dealing with other artists and yep. all that i'm like look save yourself the the headache and just just don't do some other art <laughs> right <laughs> like, right yeah tattooers you're... are a lot so what was that oh tattooers are a shady lot can be unfortunately yeah 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 i mean it's uh i was talking to somebody but, about this that... the other day it's oh, i was just gonna say it's not like it used to be where like you would uh if you said just the wrong thing you would worry about getting like the the windows to your shop shot out or something but Right. But, uh, yeah, there's just too much drama. Absolutely. Well, just dealing with other artists and, like, you know, um, kind of gone are those days. But, like, every once in a while, something will crop up to where you're like, yeah, that's kind of how it used to be all the time. I'm like, I'm glad it's not. But Right. Um, so I'm in Denver. Mm -hmm. And um, let's see here. In between Christmas and New Year's, there was a um, uh, a shooting at a shop. Actually, it was two shops. This guy went around to places where he worked and shot them up. I heard about that. That's where that was. Crazy. Yeah. And then he kind of went off the, the rails there and shot up a hotel, too, like randomly. But um, I'm like, yeah, that sucks, but that's kind of how it used to be back in the day. Yeah. You know, he worked for both these shops and then they fired him. And, you know, now then, I mean, he was kind of unhinged anyway, but 
then he came back and um and i'm like yeah that's how it used to be i mean glad i'm glad it's not i'm glad we right. moved past that into like a legitimate business but that's kind of you know how it used to be and yeah. i came in just the tail end of all the like one percenters and all of that stuff bricks through windows and um so i i'm familiar with it but i'm like i'm glad i didn't have to deal with it as much as a lot of people yeah so what what's the I guess the most noticeable change that you've seen um overall from the time that you started tattooing until now? The a couple things. Um most noticeable change is um technology and inks. Mm-hmm. Inks have gotten so much better. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, back in the day, like there used to be this guy in Colorado Springs who made his own, like he, he has the, one of the best reds that I've ever used, mm-hmm. but he would literally come by your shop with a gallon jug full of it and then just pour it out into like one ounce bottles. Yep. Um, and, but you know, now that it's sterile and all this other stuff, you know, it, that inks have gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, the other thing is just, it's more acceptable to be um, it's gotten to be a more di- acceptable to be more diverse as a tattooer. Absolutely. It used to be just, you know, white males, but now, you know, there's more people of color. There's a lot of women tattooers that are mm-hmm. just killing it. Oh, and they're absolutely. just doing some stuff. Um, and, you know, um, uh, gay tattooers like Mm -hmm. never used to be a thing, but, um, are definitely, you know, so that kind of diversity on the artist side makes it more comfortable for clients. Oh, and that's kind of a a big change because before it was, you know, good old boys club. And, um, so that's really one of the biggest changes I've seen. Um, and that, that changes in the last just five years maybe 10 years yeah i could see that yeah because i've been tattooing uh, i guess this year will be my 14th i think okay i don't know it, it's hard for me to keep track of time anymore i just it all blends together right right but uh yeah i mean even in my relatively short time tattooing uh it seems like a lot of that's changed here in the past i'd, I'd say about like seven to ten years that sounds about right to me at least uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure some of it's dependent on where you are in the country, in the world, whatever. But in my area, sure, sure, sure. Uh, most certainly. That and it's looked at as more of a legitimate business. Like I said, we're not getting the bricks of the windows. And you don't have to go to, like, the shops around town and be like, hey, is it, um, is it okay if I open a place? And, right. like, you know, we've it's just like a regular business now, mm-hmm. you know. So, um so you see shops kind of popping up all over the place that are just like run by whoever, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember, I think I, I might've mentioned it on one of the episodes here. Um, the first place that I worked where I was trained, uh, the owner, I mean, had been tattooing for 30, 40 years. I, I don't even know how long forever. And he still had that kind of old, uh, old school, 
mindset. Like you don't associate with any other tattooer. They're just out to like cut your throat and steal your trade secrets right, and totally. all that stuff. Like to the point where for probably at least the first five to seven years that I was tattooing, um, he would have us throw empty pigment bottles into this like five gallon bucket that we had in one of the side rooms where we had our clean room. We were scrubbing tubes and all that stuff. And it was just soapy water and bleach. And we would put our uh, empty bottles in there until the label soaked off and scrub them before we were allowed to throw them away so that no one could steal our trade secrets and find out what pigments we were using. Well, and um, I worked at a place and they would cut the labels off the boxes. Yep. Um, The shipping labels. And so that way, you know, then throughout the boxes... And so that way people would know where you were, you were ordering your stuff from. Yep. And uh, things like familiar. that. And then like, um, was it, is it Dermographics? I think it's Dermographics where you had to actually like be a member to like order stuff from them. So like mm-hmm. you had to like get verified. They would call the shop and then ask for your like name and all that stuff before you could order things through them. Right. Okay. Yeah, I remember, I want to say the first couple of tattoo supply companies uh, that I ordered from, they did that. Um, like Kingpin, I think. The, yeah, uh, Kingpin still has you put the shop name in, but they don't. They won't actually call. These places would like call to see if like you were a legitimate shop or whatever. Yeah, I want to say it took like a week or something for them to verify uh, who yeah, I was yeah. before they would like unlock my account so I could go in and like actually pay for stuff. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, but I mean, I can see pros and cons to it. Um, sure. I mean, if, if all of it were kind of locked down that way, we wouldn't have people scratching on each other with like eBay machines and Amazon machines and stuff. Right. But, um, I hate to say it. Uh, it's just easy to pick up like paper towels and certain like odds and ends and stuff like even ink caps and that type of stuff from Amazon. Sometimes if you're in a pinch, I mean, it's two day shipping. It's just so easy. Yeah. I mean, if I'm in a real pinch, there's a guy who comes around and, um, it's just in a white van Yeah, and he just has supplies in it. Um, a local guy. And sometimes I'll give him a call and be like, Hey, I'm out of ink caps or I'm out of A and D packets. Like, can you yeah. drop some by? Um, I try not to like, I try to be on my supplies a little bit better. So me too. Um, Sometimes but, stuff happens yeah, though. Things happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I miss having, uh, like roving, uh, uh, well, art supply salesmen and, right, uh, and right. supply guys. Um, there used to be a ton of them, it seems like, and nobody's really doing that anymore. At least in this area. Um, there used to be this guy, his name was catfish. Yeah. Yeah. He was an old guy and he had this like big long mustache and he worked at an art supply store and he would steal things off the truck and then come by and sell like you get like a um like a those big like ten packs of Statler pins. Yeah. For like he'd be like, Hey, five bucks or whatever for him yep. because <laughs> that and so That sounds familiar. Like the uh the art supply dude that used to come around the shop that uh that I worked at before where I'm at now, uh, he would just pop the trunk of his like uh late nineties Civic and it would just be full of loose art supplies and markers and pens and uh, yeah, yeah. like the big thick pads of uh 
uh, super expensive watercolor paper, like the blocks of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was like, well, I mean, I don't know how much that's supposed to be, but, uh, I mean, you can have it for like $5. I was like, what the fuck? It's like, it's right. like a $50 pad of paper. What are you doing, man? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's hard to turn that down. Right. So, but yeah, I haven't seen that dude forever. He was coming around like, there was at least, I mean, and obviously the pandemic's been like tough on all those guys for sure, I'm sure, because oh, of yeah. the supply chain issues and whatnot so so speaking of that how how has that affected you in particular like what was the worst of that and are you still dealing with any sort of weirdness from it um so we were only shut down six weeks okay when at first you know from march of last year of 2020 through march april mid-may end of march through mid-may um, so we were because the city was like we're shutting everything down, and then since then, but I was people were still calling me, and I would just kept booking them. I'm like, I'll book you in, and then like, hey, we're not going to be open yet, and I kept pushing people back until yeah. I knew we were going to be open. But I kept taking appointments because I'm like, I might as well take them. Right, right. Um, and then just kept rescheduling them, and then so. And then we just took, we were just by appointment only and, um, we've just been rolling, you know, I mean, it's been steady. There's been times that are busier, but for the most part, we've just been steady. Yeah. Um, how many, how many folks do you have in your shop? There's three of us, nice. um, three and a half ish, whatever. I got one part-time person that only comes in once in a while, yeah. but like, um, there's three of us and there's myself and Janine and Felix. Okay. Um, and so, and yeah, we just kept, you know, we've just been taking appointments and stuff. Now we're, you know, I mean, we've been doing walk-ins and stuff and whatever. Um, weirdness, uh, gloves. I mean, you know, I buy them when I can get them. Right. Um, and I'm like, for a while there, I didn't care what the price was because if I could get them, I could get them right now. They've kind of come, they've come back down to like a reasonable, I mean, they're still high, but, um, I found some at Walmart the other day that were like regular, you know? Um, so yeah, so gloves were the thing that we were on the hunt for always. Um, but everything else we better were able to get mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, still really salty about glove prices. Because, I mean, I used to be able to get a case of the gloves that I use, the nitrile gloves, for, mm-hmm. I want to say, around, like, right at $60, I want to say they were. And right. at the height of, uh, like, the the medical supply shortages, mm-hmm. the same gloves were $320 a case. $320. Yeah. So, I was, I had to switch to, like, the, uh, the they were, like, the medical-grade gloves, but they're the vinyl ones. The clear, right, 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 right. Ugh. It looks like you're about to make a subway sandwich, and they're hard right. as hell they're just, to put on. And they and they're sticky, and yeah, they don't feel good, and they're gross. Yeah. Um. So before I was buying them out at Sam's Club because they were sixteen dollars a box for two hundred. Though so you would be getting for the same price, you would be getting twice as many gloves. Right. Um, and then, 
Um, but during the height of it, we were like, there was a couple times where I paid like, I think 32, it was like $32 a box. Yeah. That's that. Well, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, um, 10 boxes a case, 320 a case. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and then we could just, we would just pick them up wherever we could, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, um, through local suppliers, um, internet suppliers, Amazon, wherever we could snag two boxes. Cause a lot of places that you couldn't get a case, you could only buy like, they're like, we can sell three to a customer. Right. So we, I took them up here and there and wherever I could. Um, but now it seems like we can get cases and Walmart, but Sam's club still hasn't fully brought them back at really? all. Um, every once in a while I'll wander in there and I'll be like, Oh, they have some, but they still don't have like a space in the shelf designated for them. Hmm. So. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's been interesting. I mean, have you, what were like the, I guess the, uh, regulations coming back from the shutdowns like did you all have any sort of like health code changes or yeah because we had a bunch of weird stuff around here and they didn't tell us what it was going to be for a long time so we didn't know really how to plan for it the only difference was because i mean we still you know we were wiping everything down with mat aside and Mm -hmm. you know um was masks and all that stuff the only difference was so when it first reopened we could have either 10 maximum of only 10 people inside or um, 25% of the staff or 25% capacity, whichever one is the smallest. Gotcha. You know? And so we were seeing how there's only three of us. There'd be three of us. And then one client that's six. So it didn't really, we were just like no guests. Everybody had to wear masks, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, and because we were doing by appointment only, it was a little easier to like, you know, um, yeah, that was the only thing. That was the other thing too, was a regulation that we had to be by appointment only. Really? Um, Yeah. We couldn't take any walk-ins. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's pretty much in line with, uh, with what we had here, but uh, we kept hearing a bunch of like weird rumors uh, that we would have to have, uh, non-porous walls in the stations that we could wipe down with uh, uh, cold sterilants, uh, that we couldn't have any paintings on the walls or pictures or any of that stuff. Like there were all sorts right, of right. Like, weird things that we kept hearing. So we just kind of took all the things off the wall and just cleared everything out of the stations in preparation for possibly having to do like renovation type stuff before we could reopen. And then it got to uh, like letting us reopen. They finally came up with a date. They're like. Yeah, so you can just, you know, start tattooing and stuff again. What? What are you doing here? (laughs) Right. Yeah, and um, our restrictions, I want to say it was one person per practitioner allowed in the shop at any given time. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there were a limit on the number of practitioners, tattooers or piercers, but it could only be one person per... um, uh, person working in the shop at any time. Right. So, um, like I said, it didn't affect us too much because we just had the, there was the three of us. So, you know, and we weren't, because it was by appointment only, very rarely would even all three of us be tattooing at the same time. Yeah. So that wasn't a big deal. Um, but like, I have a friend 
and she was working in a shop and they have 15 artists. Wow. So yeah, it's a huge space. And, um, so 15 artists plus 15 clients, it wasn't going to work. So they, they split their days up. They would work in four hour shifts Yeah, and they would have people come in for the first half of the day. And then people come in for the last half of the day. If you were, you know, and, and just did it that way. Yeah. And then eventually got to the point where it was like, okay, you could have like 25 people, you know, and they kept up slowly upping it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, kind of tapered it back up yeah so since you uh you all went to fully appointment only for that amount of time what do you feel like you uh you prefer how do you think you work best like mostly appointment only or were you already appointment only or um i prefer uh, i like to leave some room for walk-ins in my day yeah fair. um so Ultimately, I would like to have like maybe like two or three medium size ish tattoos or like a start of a big one, you know, something I could work for like a couple hours on, mm -hmm. but it's not taking up my whole day. And then like be able to take some walk ins here and there as well. Some like little kind of just jammers. Yeah. Just because I like doing them. That's fair. So do you prefer rather than have like one full day, just a huge piece, you would rather kind of have something where you can split up your attention on kind of different projects. Yeah, for sure. I don't like, like after more than like four hours on one piece. I just get like, bleh, like it's just, yeah. I'm like, that. okay, let's, let's get this lined out and then I'll have you come back for black and then we'll do the black and I'll have you come back for color. Ideally. Um, sometimes people travel from out of town and that really doesn't work, but right. ideally I would like to break it up. Um, I just get so like, and it's not that I don't mind tattooing all day. Like if I'm taking walk-ins all day, like I'll tattoo from like noon until like nine o'clock at night. That's not yeah. a big deal, but it's just, I need that time to like break it up a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, to like, it's that, Stop, like, clean up, reset, and just deal with someone else's, someone new's energy, you right. know, good, bad, whatever. Just different. Just, yeah. Just different. Yeah. yeah. It's like attention fatigue almost. Like at a certain point, right. you just hit this wall where like you, you just, you, even from inside yourself, you're like, I'm, I'm not putting a hundred percent into this. Like I should, I should stop. Like I, right. I need to move on to something else, take a break, sit on the couch and stare at a wall for a while. Something, uh, we just need to like stop this one for just a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And especially if it's like <clears throat> something that is bigger, you know, by laying it out, doing all the line work and then doing the black and then color, it gives you a chance to like, or gives me a chance to like sit down and think about it and like, um, make sure that it's like, okay, you know, make sure that it's solid, you know, and then if not, I can go back and hit those spots up or like right. rework it or, you know, add a little bit here or, you know, make some adjustments kind of as I go. Um, I don't like to do like a full, like I'll draw my line work, but I don't like to do like, a full rendering of like tattoo pieces because then it feels like I'm doing my own flash 
and which is okay, but it lacks some of the soul, I guess, or it feels not as fresh to me. Um, yeah, I can see I, that. I know the client, it's not really that big a deal, but I don't know. There's just something that kind of as I'm working on it, it just, once again, it gets kind of stale. Right. Like I've already done this, you know, right. I've already like painted it or whatever. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, I mean, thinking of like uh, a lot of the painters that I know, they might do like a small color study with just like real broad kind of uh, sketchy brush strokes, but they're not gonna like do a practice piece. That's at full detail, full color, full rendering, and then do another one. That's uh, that's just like it. So, I mean, I, I totally get that. It's like a painter moving from the sketch on the canvas to the finished piece. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I don't know if it's, uh, maybe it's just me. I, I know I've got ADHD. Like I, I feel like a lot of tattooers, a lot of artists in general have that kind of ADHD attention. Um, uh, it's the inability to inability is not probably not the best, uh, way to say that the preference for new stimulation all the time. Right. Maybe that's Absolutely. maybe that's the best way to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta keep it fresh because yeah. otherwise you're just like, I hate this thing. I just I want to move on from it, and then you don't do your best work. So right. Yeah, and of course every artist is gonna have their process that they figure out over time to figure oh, out sure, sure. how your brain like everybody has those little um those little things that like uh you hit a wall at a certain hour mark. Uh, pretty consistently, if you notice yourself doing that over time, you're going to change how you work to avoid that, or at least should. Um, right. right. And I feel like every artist is going to have like those little walls that they need to work around. Uh, but uh, as far as artwork goes, uh, do you do any other artwork outside of tattooing or, or is it pretty much just focusing on tattooing? No, I, well, I try to, um, you know how it goes. It just, you know, it's, uh, clients come first because that's what pays the bills. So, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I try to work on other stuff, whether it's stickers or oh, cool. pins I've done in the past. Um, you know, just like, yeah, I, I try and like paint or, but I, that stuff comes more of like as inspiration strikes me kind of stuff. So I don't do it as much. Okay. Um, but I like doing collage work. Cool. Um, um, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it seems like uh, collage work is not something that I see from a whole lot of tattooers. That's 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 super cool. Um, yeah, I like the idea of like there's certain elements that I just like sticking together. Yeah, you know, um, I always and so um, I love like vintage magazines, um, and so. I'll, cut stuff out of that and then photographs I've taken and stuff like the text out of manga. Yeah. But like mixing it with like images that don't necessarily go together, I think is fun. That's awesome. Um, that kind of stuff. So, so are you a big, uh, anime and manga fan? Big. I wouldn't say big. I like what I like, Fair. but like, I don't consume everything. Cause it's either really good or really, really terrible. There's no like in between. No joke. <laughs> what would you um, say? 
What would you say is the last one that you really got into? Um, the one that I say I get in got the last one I say I got into is uh, Pew Pew Molkar. Oh, I'm not even familiar. What's uh, what's that about? It's really a kids show, and it's about these sentient like uh, they're guinea pig cars. So they're guinea pigs, but <laughs> like people ride in them. That's awesome. It, it, it's on Netflix, and it's oh, really it? fun. It, it's only six episodes long. Each one's only like six minutes, um, and it's really dumb. And technically, I guess it's an anime, but like anyway, yeah, I just like to say that. But really, I'm um, like FLCL. Oh um, yeah, Fooly Cooly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Fooly Cooly. Um, FLCL's great, um, but more the classics. Um, yeah, Fooly Cooly was uh, the one that immediately came to mind when you said six episodes because I think that's all is in Fooly Cooly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's only, super limited. Um, um, Dead Leaves is by the same people. Oh no, joke! Um, it's the same animation company. Yeah, um, different writer, but same animation companies, and you can see their style kind of come through. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to look but, into that. Um, and it's only a one-off. I think it's only like maybe ninety minutes. Hmm. Okay. Um, but it's really good. But it's kind of same style where it's just like really bright colors and in, like that really those really fast cuts and intense kind of like bold animation. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Similar style. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And you and said the classics. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying the classics, you know, Ninja Scroll and um, uh, Akira and anything by Studio Ghibli. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, something about Studio Ghibli stuff is just classic. I, I do not know what it is about those. It's just they have this hold on me uh, ever since I saw them when I was a kid. And as a matter of fact... I think uh, I've got one customer that has an entire sleeve of just Studio Ghibli um, uh, little bits and pieces from all the movies. Sure. And I cannot wait to finish that, but I haven't seen that customer in so long. You know, it's funny. Um, I've started two Studio Ghibli sleeves. Really? And they've gotten like, like we did a cat bust and we did like all the, f- the forest sprites and the soot mm-hmm. sprites. And then I've never, never seen him again. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this whole sleeve with all the characters. I'm like, cool, let's do it. And then I don't know what's, what happened to him. So, yeah. Yeah. With, uh, with this one that I'm thinking of in mind, we lined everything out. Uh, oh, like see, placed, I, I didn't even get that far. <laughs> yeah, we, we placed all those stencils in one day, lined everything, uh, and then have just been going back to fill it in, uh, a piece at a time. Uh, and yeah, my favorite, I think my favorite piece on her arm is uh, Ponyo. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love Ponyo. Yeah, Ponyo's great. Um, uh, Was it Porco Rosso, I think? I think that's one that I haven't seen yet. It's uh, Um, it's one of my favorites. It's a pig pilot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, I never have had had a chance to actually see that one. But... uh, isn't there supposed to be some, there's supposed to be a new, uh, studio Ghibli movie. Uh, what is it made by his son coming out soon? Yeah. I'm not sure. 
they had that one that was like CG on Netflix or no, uh, on HBO Max. It's like a, it's like Hedwig. It almost has kind of a Hedwig and the Angry Itch kind of feel to it. Weird. Um, I haven't watched it yet though. So. Fair, yeah. Oh, uh, while well, I'm thinking about it, uh, you said uh, as far as collages go, you uh, add in some of your own photography. Do you do a lot of photography? Not anymore. Um, I used to. Yeah. Um, I used to do a lot of like um, pinup and all mob stuff and whatnot. But oh, that's awesome. Um, I just I haven't had done it in a while. But yeah, I mean, I used to. Um, so I there's a couple pieces that I just finished working recently and um i as much like bare stuff as i could find like from like old magazines like and anything from travel magazines and um there was this bear from this anime that i found and um but i um glued it on or maj podged it onto a um old lunch tray that's cool. And and so yeah, so that was cool. Yeah. That was the last kind of piece I do. But I I've I don't know, I've always liked doing that kind of stuff. It just doesn't I like doing it, but it doesn't translate to tattooing. So it's something that I don't do a ton of. Yeah. Because I'm like, how do I you know? Uh, well, I mean, what's to say you have to have any sort of bridge between the two? No, you don't have to, but I mean, it's one of those creative is creative i mean it's it's still working working those muscles um, but i always like you know the tattoos i like to do are like mashup stuff mm -hmm. you know silly stuff so i, I kind of feel like that kind of maybe is a bridge there yeah a little bit i could see that just kind of some of the same wheels turning sure Oh, actually, and uh, I know uh, I've seen you on um, this is a total left turn. Seen you on TikTok wearing uh, a lot of hats from the same place that I like to buy hats. Um, and you mentioned, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned yeah, bears. Right. I've got my uh, Muscovite right, right. nice. Busby here. Nice. Yeah, Fezorama. Yeah, absolutely love that place. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I have a bunch of them. Um, it's um, and they're, I found them, um, the second year there was a Denver comic con. Okay. And they're like, they, for a while there, they were doing like a special con fez for every, you know, every time they would go. And so they're like, Hey, we're coming to Denver comic con. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know. But they're like, what are, what should we do? And I'm like, well, what about a 5280, you know, Denver mile high, and so they did an altimeter that said 5280 on it. Oh, that's um, awesome. And so, so that was one of the first ones I got, but I've followed them for a while now. And got a bunch of different ones. I probably have maybe a dozen or so. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so far this one for the Muscovites is uh, the only one I've got, but I, every once in a while I'll go back and look, and they've got some super cool stuff. And it seems like it, it changes out pretty frequently. Yeah, he's always doing limited edition stuff. He'll do small runs. Um, and uh, he's a super cool... Like, I've, I've had a chance to meet him a couple times. Super cool. He's always, like, willing to chat with you and, like, take suggestions and stuff, so... That's super cool. 
Yeah, I know um, one of my buddies actually got me, uh, you were talking about um, pins earlier. He got me mm-hmm. a little pin for my tassel, uh, a little nice. like goat head. And uh, yeah. have you ever thought about doing something like that specifically for fezes? Not for fez. Um, I've made some pins and stuff in the past. Uh, my next project of something like that, where it's like a, a product, um, I found a place that does, that'll help you. They'll, they make like Aloha shirts and things. Oh, cool. So that's the next thing. I want to do a shop Aloha shirt. So the shop is called Fortune Cookie Tattoo. Yeah. And so I'm going to do like, I think I'm going to do some sort of skull with a fortune cookie and a bat kind of pattern. Awesome. So it seems how like bats are one of the only um, mammals that are native to Hawaii. Yeah. But then they're also here in Colorado. We have some like in the summertime, there's a big migration. They come up from Texas every summer. So kind of bridge that gap kind of make that work for both both places yeah yeah that's awesome so um out in colorado did you grow up there or did you move there no um i grew up in wyoming okay um and i've been in colorado since 99 um i went to art school out here oh no shit um, yeah so what is uh, if you don't mind my asking what did you go for uh media arts and animation originally that makes sense. So, yeah, I was going to be like, I wanted to be like a cartoonist. Yeah. But at the time, I wasn't really ready to like move to LA or New York or whatever. So, yeah. Um, I had an acquaintance who was like doing this tattoo apprenticeship, and I'm like, I like tattoos. That might be something I could do. Yeah. And so, I found someone to teach me, and I've been doing it ever since. So what was your apprenticeship like? Do you feel like you had like a super old school kind of really rough apprenticeship or was it a little more progressive? Somewhere in between. Okay. There were some old school elements, but I wasn't like, I wasn't treated terribly, but also it was like, like I was making the needles for everyone in the shop. So that's something that like a lot of people don't know how to do. Yeah. And like it's I could do it now, but it would take like it would take a few to get back into practice. Right. But it's a good skill to have because a bunch you of never burnt know. fingertips. Right. Because you never know. Like we might need to be making needles again, you know. Yeah, you um, never know. But uh, so, you know, I have some of that background like you know, the, the guy who taught me was like, hey, here's a, here's your machines and just handed me a bag of parts. Yep. And so I had to put them together using a built machine as a pattern and um, just figure it out. Uh, just figure it out, yeah. you know. Uh, but there was a lot of things I didn't get, like technique and art wise. Really? Um, was- just like, he showed me the basics, but like, there's a lot of like color blending stuff and, you know, um, uh, line thickness things, you know, kind of like that you can do that I didn't get. So a lot of that stuff I had to learn from being around other artists. And that's kind of like we were talking about before 
um, you can get a machine and start scratching and whatever, but you'll never really develop as a tattooer until you're around other like yeah, yeah. You need that feedback. Yep. Um, otherwise, you kind of are just stuck. Yeah, I mean, even with me coming in, um, I mean, after you, when I first started, there was still, it seemed like uh, a lot of isolation between tattooers and between shops. And there were like little pockets of tattooers that were open with techniques and kind of collaborating with each other. But for the most part, it was still kind of standoffish. Um, or at least that's the way it felt from the part of the tattoo sure. industry that I, that I was navigating at that point. But like, uh, then stuff like, uh, reinventing the tattoo, uh, Guy Atchison's book, uh, mm -hmm. was going around uh, a lot more frequently. There were a lot more DVDs from like Joshua Carlton. Um, and I mean, people along those lines and yeah, just a ton of that stuff was super eye opening. Just the stuff that, um, like nobody in, in the circles, like the local circles that I knew, uh, had any clue about any of those weird techniques and different stuff that you could try. It was just like, well, this is what works. So you do this. Well, the shop that I came up in, um, had a bunch of locations. And so we would get together like once a month and then kind of trade ideas. And, you know, I was able to learn more from not necessarily the guy I was doing my mentorship with, but everybody else in the kind of the company. Yeah. You know? And so that was helpful. But, um, yeah, he was really old school. And so there was a lot of things that he didn't do that some of the guys were doing. That you know, I felt like, well, if I would have, not that I'm not grateful, but if he would have done, been on a different level or whatever, then I could have. I felt like I was behind a lot, and I still felt, yeah, you know, I have a lot of like imposter syndrome and you oh, know, little brother syndrome. I know that feeling where it's like, even though I've been tattooing for twenty years, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I feel that yeah. I really do. Because yeah, I mean, especially uh, it's come up on on the podcast before, like all of the crazy like Eastern European tattooers, like you can see their stuff on Instagram and some of them on YouTube yeah. and stuff. And their apprentices, their apprentices whip the shit out of me. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people well, have been tattooing for less than six months. And I think, in my opinion, I think a lot of it has to do with um, all this collective knowledge being a lot more openly shared between tattooers and especially new, um, new technology and supplies. Right, sure. Well, and, um, Um, so I had a, you were talking about like DVDs. I had a, um, a Brandon Bond DVD. Yeah. And, um, he's just like, there's young people just coming up and eating people alive. And, um, it's like this one gal who tattooed, she learned at my shop and she's just killing it. And she's far surpassed anything that, like I've showed her, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with she's moved shops and and 
just that open exchange. She's talked to people and just nitpick, you know, not nitpick, but like cherry pick from here, from there, mm-hmm. learn different techniques um, and that kind of thing. So um, her, um, she goes by Hair the Hound. She's on okay. Instagram uh, and uh, um, TikTok as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I feel like you're right. I feel like um, something that I've uh, kind of decided that I'm going to start doing a lot more is traveling, doing guest spots, and a lot more conventions. Right, um, right. Because it, it seems like interacting with all those people, you always see someone do something uh, differently than you do. And even if it doesn't line up with the way that you work, it's still a technique that you can put in your toolbox, like, I now know Absolutely. that this works. So if I have a gap in, in whatever skill sets I have at some point in the future that that'll fit in, I now have that. Well, and we were talking about young tattooers. Yeah. The best thing you can do is go get tattooed by somebody. Oh, 100%. And if you're if you can get tattooed by somebody in some place you can see. Yes. And after you know what you're doing, you can see and be like, "Oh, that's interesting. Right. And um, without like being rude and just showing up and be like, Hey, can I watch you tattoo? You know, you're giving them some money, you're getting a cool piece, but then also you're getting a chance to like, see what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you go, you know, get a lot of these like kitchen wizards who are like, who come in and they're like, girlfriend will get tattooed. And they're like over your shoulder trying to see, but, if you don't know what you're looking at, right. Then you're not going to learn nothing. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to write a book if you don't know the alphabet yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff. I mean, what do you, do you feel like there is ever going to be a fix for scratchers? Do you think it's just, it's no. just gonna, if, if mean, anything, it's going to get worse than, than better. Yeah. Um, cause you have all these guys like, it's like that guy, I think he was on TikTok, the guy who was tattooing himself every day for a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember and that. And it's just, just terrible. Just like, I get it, right? You want to like, but just like, there's just certain things, like certain foundational things. Like you need both hands. Like you can, t- like you can tattoo it, but like you really need both hands, yeah. you know, um, things like stretching the skin and uh needle depth are like things that like you can't learn by watching you have to have right. someone show you how to do it and show you how to and do it but do it properly so then you know how to do it yeah there's sense. it's it's really like i i've even working with uh, other apprentices under uh artists in the shop that i used to work at it's hard to put that into words because it's a combination of feel and sound and it's totally, just for sure. This, it's you just, just kind of weird experience. You have to feel is the best way to like, it's like, it's almost like you just have to feel your way through it. Like a lot of tattoos, you just have to feel your way through it. It's like, you know, I don't know if you work off the end of your tube or if you work off the end of your needle, but sometimes you just have to f- feel the line, if that right. makes any sense. Oh, 100%. And 
and even on different parts of the body, it's going to feel different. Um, oh yeah. Like an inch from where you're working could be completely different and you have to adjust your needle well, depth and how you stretch the skin. And there's just so many weird variables. Well, and the other thing too is, um, skin type. Oh yeah. You know, like darker skins are softer mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that. And so they try and like want to pack that color in there, but it's just going to, overwork it and fall out and right. be a terrible experience. Yep. Um, but you know, um, those people who spend a lot of time in the sun or tanning booths or oh, like God. older people, leather um, people, um, older people where it's like, like tattooing crate paper. <laughs> yeah. The best description that I have is uh tissue paper over top of deli ham. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It like um, it slides, but it's also brittle, right? Um, and just there's so many variables. So I was we were kind of making fun of um, NFTs the other day, yeah. And we we're talking about how tattoos are really the only NFTs because even if you do the same design, it's gonna be a little different, right? On every person, and even you know say the same artist does the same design. Well, each artist is going to do it a little differently. Yep. Well, what if, if you do the same design on six different people, it's going to be a little different, but even if you did the same design on the same person, how is your needle? Right. Everyone's just a little different. How is your machine running that day? Mm -hmm. The humidity, the temperature can all affect that. Mm -hmm. Uh, how cold is it in the shop? Are you are you tightened up to to stay warm? Right. Is it like really hot? Are you sweaty and taking longer because you can't cool down? Like is your chair uncomfortable? Like every tiny little variable will affect how that tattoo gets done. Um also like um you know do you you know how your elastics are stretched, you know your rubber bands. All of that stuff matters. Yeah, you know, and you want to try and eliminate those, but also you just kind of have to work within that. And then sometimes you'll be working, and you know the the skin has a grain to it. Oh yeah, you'll, you'll be getting that line, and it's just perfect, just perfect, and just just but it'll just jack because it catches that grain just right, yeah. and it pulls it. Yeah, it's. Uh, have you uh, have you ever heard the term Langer's lines? Mm. -mm. Uh, I looked this up a while back. It's the the pattern that skin cells uh, form along when okay. you are, I guess, forming in the womb. And I want to say under like UV light or some some sort of um, test condition, like they can be seen, and it almost looks like tiger stripes. Tiger stripes, excuse me. And uh, and that's the direction. Uh, you can determine like the direction that skin is going to stretch since it's uh it's like fabric. It'll stretch sure. more one way than sure. the other. And you can uh, almost look at these maps of like these skin lines and determine where it's going to be stretchier on the body. Well, you can, um, I mean, even if you just look at the skin closely, you can see it, oh, you know, yeah. you can see how it's going to, work and most of the time it's not too big a deal but every once in a while you'll get that one yep you know and it, it's a combination of of um needle size and 
skin type and you know all of that stuff just it makes a, a difference yeah and it's one of those things that uh is just gonna come with experience absolutely like if you, if you go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say the only way to really get better at tattooing is just to do it every day yeah and that's why i don't mind taking walk-ins because just i would rather tattoo something than nothing Right. Because it keeps you if, sharp. If you don't go, you know, sometimes you're like, even if you go on vacation for like a week, um, you come back and it, you're a little rusty. Right. It just doesn't feel right. Right. It just you just take, like, like, you have to take a couple lines to like, okay, now I kind of got it. Right. You but, don't feel like you have as much control as you should. Yeah. But for now, sure. uh, as far as machines go, um, you were talking about, machines running different if like the pressure outside is uh is different i remember when i was running coils um yeah like if anything was different that day like te- like a, a, a great temperature shift or like pressure change or whatever it was like i would have to retune my machines so often i still run coils do you uh, i like them yeah i mean i've thought about looking at some like rotary hybrids yeah but I'm just like, I don't know. I like my coil machines, yeah. you know, and it's definitely like it, it's a very distinct, um, tactile sensation, a difference between running coils and rotaries. Right. The, the main thing for me is like part of it. And I know that it's dumb, but there's that like style over substance kind of thing where I'm like, I know that, um, rotary machines are a lot more consistent and especially the battery pad ones and you don't have to like mess with clip cords which clip cords give me fits constantly yeah i remember but i my like i use um i rub blood money irons okay and um they do custom machines and like i have a rainbow dash machine with a it's a wu-tang rainbow dash machine that's awesome like the frame has a wu-tang cutout yeah a wu-bat cutout and then it's got rainbow dash coils and then the thumb screws of a wu-bat and then i have a um enchanted tiki room machine and i have a it's a stormtrooper like it's got stormtroopers on the coils it's all white that's um, awesome black like black hardware and stuff yeah. And part of it is I'm like, it's gotta look cool. Like Yeah. You know, like the other ones are just, you know, black pens and it's like it's gotta look cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely do feel that on some level. Uh it's just for me personally, um, I actually got to a point where I was tattooing, I guess, long sessions again, like can get super hard on you. Um Oh, absolutely. At a certain point, I was having trouble with like half of my hand going numb and like burning from the inside. So right, I was having right, to like right. limit the amount that I could tattoo. And it was really like to the point that it was really concerning. Um, sure. And as soon as one of the guys in uh, in my shop was like, here, just try this. I picked it up. It was so light. It's like, that's crazy. There's no way this is going to work. And I do this tiny little tattoo and everything just like it's like using a Sharpie. It's just right there where I put it. It was like. What the fuck is this? You mean this was available right. like the whole time? 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, well, another thing too is, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I have piles, like dozens of tattoo machines just sitting around, like coil machines that I haven't used in years. But I can't, right? I can't part with them because I love coil machines. I love tinkering with them so much. Um, I just don't have the motivation to use them during it, like for a tattoo anymore. So that, right. that's a weird way to be, but I get it. But for me, it's like the, um, you know, I've switched to disposable tubes Yeah, because the steel ones were too heavy. And well, it's just like, I did that and it's just, it's cleaner, it's easier and, um, they're lighter. Um, and then because I've switched machines, like I was using this machine there was it's a coil and a half machine. Coil and um, oh, so the yeah. top so the top coil is a full coil and then the bottom coil is a half coil. Um but Actually, it was made from a it was made from a flintlock. From like really? a flintlock. Yeah, and I love that machine, but it's so heavy. Um that as soon as I switched to the um to the blood money irons, they're just they're more streamlined. Um and they're a lot lighter. And yeah. so that's helped a bunch. So, you know, I'm in a good place. Maybe someday I'll switch over, but yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I know um, I was just looking for it on my desk here. Uh, I've got a bunch of them sitting in uh, a case right here. But uh, I had, it was, I want to say Josh Ford made them. I, I want to say I got it through Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a single coil liner that just had a post in the back. And yeah, it yeah. was so light. It was super light. That thing was, I, it was the only liner that I ran for probably two or three years. Um, Josh Ford is from here in Denver. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. if you, if you get a chance, um, send him my love for that machine, because that was, that was, that machine made yeah, me so he, much money. Uh, yeah. He's in, um, that's off of 13th. Anyway. I actually have a tattoo by him um, from way back in the day. Yeah. Like, um, so. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, how uh, how many shops do you have in, I guess, like your immediate vicinity? I'm not sure what um, what the city's laid out. Like, I've never been out that, that part of the country. Oh, so, there's not too many because like, I'm real close to downtown. Yeah. Um, and so there's not a ton like right within walking distance of us anymore. Like yeah. we're one of the only ones like right, right downtown. Um, but in that like Capitol Hill downtown area, there's probably maybe a dozen or so. Yeah. Um, but you know, the farther out you get, the more it is, the more there are because it's real estate's cheaper and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Around here, it seems like, uh, there are a couple of main roads where they're just tons. Have you, have you ever been to Louisville? I have not. No. Yeah. There's one road in particular. It's Bardstown road. Um, it seems like there, there has to be at least like, it feels like probably 20 shops that are just walkable in the same strip. Well, there's, um, so one of the things is in Denver now outside of Denver, I'm not sure exactly how it is, but the zoning in Denver is you can't have more than two within a thousand feet of each other. Really? Wow. So, Cause they wanted to like keep that, like 
red light district kind of like down. Uh, so, I see. So you could have two right next to each other, but then you couldn't have like more within a thousand feet of each other of that. Weird. So you couldn't have another one. So you couldn't have more than three within a thousand feet of each other because you could have two within a thousand feet. So there's some zoning stuff that happens. That, so they're not all clumped together. They're a lot more spread out. Right, right. Weird. Yeah, I uh, I mean, not if if there's anything like that in Louisville, I have definitely not heard of it. Because uh, it, it seems like there are a bunch of shops that are just like right next to each other around this area. Right. Yeah, it feels um sometimes it feels really oversaturated. Um but I will say it seems like the majority of the shops around here everybody everybody that I've seen work from I'd say like a good 80%, 70-80% is uh uh traditional stuff. It's American traditional. So, right. Yeah, here there's so many different shops. Like, yeah. you know, there's um, just, it runs the gamut. You know, there's real traditional shops. There's stuff that's more new school. There's like a fine line black and gray, kind of more cholo style. Yeah. Um, and it runs, it runs the gamut. Um, Do you feel like there are any particular trends uh, that you see, for like the style of work that's being requested from your shop, like our stuff, we probably do because we're downtown. We do a lot of like touristy kind of things. Okay. So we do a ton of mountains, little little mountain tattoos. You know, that's just like a little mountain. Yeah. You know, maybe it's got a little shading in it. You know, we assume we'll shop minimum. Um, yeah, our minimum is eighty bucks. So that's they're just bad. little. They're little eighty dollar just jammers. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times what I'll just do is I'll just take a Sharpie and then just draw it on them. And then it's just as easy than trying right. to like make a stencil right. and then put it on and just like, I'm just like, Hey, you want something unique? Here's a little, your, your mountain's going to be unique, you know? Cause it's, I'm just going to draw it on. Right. Right. So, yeah. Cause I mean, at a certain point it's just, it's almost not worth going through all the time and effort to, draw it out and make a stencil and lay the stencil and wait for that to dry. Yeah. Just like, it's, I'm gonna, it's not, I'm just going to scribble. I'm it just going to take Fine. a Sharpie and just draw it on. Right. And, uh, most people are like, Oh, I've never had a tattoo done that way. And they're super stoked about it. Yeah. It's, but, it's really surprising. I like drawing stuff on as well. The amount of people that have never seen it done just blows my mind. Cause I know there oh, are yeah, a totally. bunch of artists who, I mean like their entire, their entire portfolio is just stuff that they've drawn on with a marker. Yeah, I haven't done that much stuff. So I've had a couple of, there's this, a high school buddy of mine. He was like, oh yeah, I want a totally original, like John Lou piece. So I'm like, cool. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna come at you with a Sharpie, right? So I, you know, lay out the yellow and then we do some orange and then tighten it up with some red and black and stuff. And then, um, so I did this like, um, he's from Wyoming. So like I did this jackalope with this kind of gentleman jackalope with this like, top hat and bow tie and kind of like a mount behind him. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, I'm not really into that. So yeah, it happens. I wipe, I wipe it off and I'm like, okay. So I just did some skull with the flames and stuff. Something kind of like more cheesy, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it was still cool, but like, 
I'm like, you could have had a jackalope with a top hat. Like, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but he was stoked about it and whatever. It's cool. But. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, as long as whoever's getting the tattoo is, I mean, happy with it, it's going to be on him forever. Right. Well, I always say not forever. Well, I mean, as long as they're alive. Right. Yeah. But that's not forever. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you want to get into the, the philosophy, like forever for me, right? I always like to say, I always like to say a lifetime. Yeah, that's fair. That's more accurate because, because you know, they'll be on you for a lifetime, which is a much more kind of accurate. You know, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then it kind of puts people at ease a little bit more about getting something, maybe. But I'm like, hey, you should get this instead. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe since COVID, people seem a lot more receptive in my area, at least, to just getting totally 100% custom stuff. Whereas yeah, yeah, totally. beforehand, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of the people that come to me, I'd say like a good ninety percent are regulars, anyways. People that have been tattooing for years. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine that my experience is is universal with that, especially people that take sure. a, a lot of walk ins. Um, but even with a, some of my regulars, it was kind of, um, kind of uh, tough to, I guess. Do, to convince people to get something that's 100% totally just out of my head. Right, um, right. But it seems like the past couple of years, like since all the COVID stuff, uh, if I'm just like, hey, so you want me to do any particular style or do you want me to just like take off with it and do my own thing? They're just like, do whatever you want. Like, score. Nice. Good. Awesome. Um, So we have a get what you get kind of board. Oh, cool. It's... um. It's a big fork board. There's 60 designs up there, and we use Chinese fortune-telling sticks, kind of fit with our theme. Yeah. So um, you pull a stick, and there's a number on there, and the number is supposed to go with it. It comes with a book, and then it'll have, like, a fortune associated with that number, and have, like, a little, like, will it come true, won't it come true, and a little kind of, like, saying that kind of goes with it. But we use it we have a pin in each of the designs. And so that's the, you pull a number and that's the design you get. And we always stick things that we want to tattoo up there. I mean, like I said, our minimum Good. is eight bucks, but our, our get what you get is 60 bucks. Really? But yeah, but it's all but stuff that you all, want to do, but it's all like stuff from cartoons and like weird. Like I have some fancy lettering that says temporary you know, right. or, or meaningful. So it's a meaningful tattoo. That's just, you know, just, it's like some really scripty, you know, kind of just fun, silly. Like there's the Zim house up there. There's like, um, there's a Xenomorph, um, Care Bear, you know, there's, um, Jeff, the land shark. We just stuck up there recently. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, um, and so there's anyway that kind of stuff, you yeah. know. Um, we stick up there, and so and then they're all the other thing too is like they're all full color, you know. So 
Um, but we're like, hey, we'll give it to you at a discount because we yeah. want to tattoo it. Like, yeah, that's um, that's crazy good for sixty dollars. That's awesome. And then if you if you don't get anything you want, like you, you like, I hate this design. I I cannot live with this. For another twenty bucks, you can repull for as many times as you want. Yeah. Um, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks per per repull. Pull per repull. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So like you know we go you know eighty you know the so we go you know eighty a hundred right. one twenty every time, and we've only had, like most people are pretty stoked about like what they get right off yeah. you know or they're like up for it it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's like you know so so do you uh do you follow um uh, Coasty Jones on TikTok um I don't follow them but like. You know, I check in on their page pretty re- frequently. Yeah, yeah. I just saw the other day uh, they put in a, um, uh, uh, like a candy machine with the little bubbles in it. Yeah, filled yeah. With, uh, filled with those. Yeah, I'm I'm such a fan of the different styles of get what you get games. Uh, like I saw somebody that had Plinko in their shop nice. that you could play for it. Um, somebody else had like a a dart wall. Where you paid $120, $150 or whatever for like uh, three darts. So you got three chances um, you okay. got to like choose between whatever it touched. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And they were, they were decent sized pieces. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just... Ours are all like palm size. Wow. That's crazy so. good for 60 bucks. Holy shit. And it's all, but it's all silly stuff. We have yeah. like, a, uh, it's, it's, it's Bobby Hill's face on a purse. And it says, um, that's my purse around it, you know? So it's, like, kind of silly, more irreverent kind of stuff that, like, we want to do, you know? Right, right. Right now, uh, Janine has a thing where she's trying to do all 101 original Pokemon. And she's got, like... um, and it's a get what you get kind of deal, and so um, it's a uh, it's like the toys. Okay. It's like a capsule machine. Yeah, but it looks like a poke. You know, it's, it's Pokemon themed, and they come out of little Pokeballs. That's awesome. And and so you you put in your Pokecoin and then turn it, and you, it's a get what you get of of um, the original one sixty or no one fifty one. And so, but she's, they're a little bit bigger even. They're almost like hand size. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got small hands, but like, um, and, uh, so once one is done, that's just out of the series. It's, it, right. Yeah. So it's an ever, uh, uh, ever reducing pool of characters to yes. pull from. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and then with our, our pick em board, um, we do it. Um, once we do them, they come off the board. So they're all one-offs. They're all originals yeah, yeah. because there's more we want to do. Like right. someone was saying, like we should stick a pew pew mole car up there, you know, and um, and so that's not on there yet. But like, you know. So, um, what would what would you say uh, the the ratio is between um, you designing tattoos versus? doing tattoos like time spent i guess i know you said you don't like to flesh out uh your drawings right. completely but um me designing tattoos 
it just depends on the client, you know, um, depends on what they want, whatever. Um, like I said, we do about 60, 40. We do because of we're, we do a lot of walk-ins yeah. and I try and, so that's more doing tattoos Yeah. because they're like, Oh, I want to get this little mountain. Yeah. Like, okay. You know, I'm happy to do it for you, but right. like, um, so, so and, with, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, but then, you know, then designing tattoos, like, you know, I don't, you know, people are like, Oh, can I see my design? I'm like, well, I'll, I'll do it the day before, you know, I don't gotcha. I, if I do it too far out and then I send it to you and then you're going to nitpick it and then right, like, I right. got to redraw it. And then it's like more work. I'm like, look, if you really want to see it, I'll do it the day before. If any changes need to be made, let me know the day of. Right. Um, but I try not to get too mired in like the design work of it, unless it's something really like specific. Um, I try and have like, a lot of designs already to go when I kind of feel it, if that makes any sense. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, um, I know some, some folks will have like piles and piles and piles of drawings, uh, that they want to do, uh, for people to just thumb through if they don't know exactly what they want. Um, and some people just, just like, yeah, give me an idea. I'll have it for you day of. So, um, I do have a couple sketchbooks. Okay. Or, well, they're like, not a sketchbook, but like um, like a portfolio, I guess. Okay. Of yeah. like some, of designs that I want to do. Like if I feel it, I'll draw it, and then I have a couple of those. I have one that's like priced out, like in my case. Here's my pre-draws, um, and those are priced per design. Yeah. But then I have one book that's like more of the stuff that's weird or. That I'm like, look, no one's really going to want this, but if I price it right, maybe somebody will get it. Right. And so I have like, they're like, you know, um, our hourly is 150. Okay. So I'm like, I'll do it for full color for 150 flat rate. Okay. And so the size is the size, whatever. But I'm like, you know, it, it might take me more than an hour, but like, I'll, these are my flat rate ones. And it's just like, you know, a sexy version of the Quiznos monkey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, um, um, you know, a gonk, a gonk droid with like, you know, long, like, you know, legs and heels on. Right. Right. Um, like, um, the macaroni and cheese goblin. Yes. You know, that says, um, you know, it's puking out macaroni and cheese, but then it says macaroni in a pot. Oh, Jesus. You, you know what I'm saying? Things that I'm right. like, I really want to tattoo this, but I got to price it right because right. I don't know if anybody actually wants this stuff. Right. Yeah. One of those things is uh, not universally loved. Right. But I would rather, I would rather do something like that for a discount than like charge full price for something I hate, you know? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do this, like whatever it is, you know, that I'm like, man, I'm, I'm into it. But like, you know, I'd rather be doing like a, uh, um, 
I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that's in there right now. Um, there's something else that I have. You know, I'd rather do something a little maybe more suggestive. You know, something that I could like send a snake pit. You know, absolutely. You know, something something like that. So what what's the weirdest? What would you say is if you could pin down one tattoo to be the weirdest tattoo you've ever done? Uh, either experience or design, whatever. Just what what's the first thing that comes to mind? The weirdest tattoo you've ever done. So. Um, you know those like on BuzzFeed they used to have like the like you know the top 10 dumbest tattoos or whatever you know yeah 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 Um, I was one of my tattoos showed up on that no really and it was this guy above his knee got Drew has bowling on Thursdays tattooed on himself in okay. like kind of block letters and because his buddy Drew had bowling on Thursdays and he could never remember so he got Drew has bowling on Thursdays tattooed on his on his leg. I mean, if it's that important to you, then yeah, why not? And so that way he would be like, "Oh, it's Thursday. My I can't. You know, Drew's doing something else. I'll call him tomorrow." Right. <laughs> it's the um, uh, memento theory of day planning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, you know, just I mean, it's run. <sighs> It's not run-of-the-mill for non-tattooers, but it's run-of-the-mill for tattooers. You know, stuff that's like, uh, maybe I don't have a client that sits super great, or like, um, just that tattoo that's like, you've underestimated like the skin type, and so you've maybe used the wrong needle, and just the tattoo doesn't go, it turns out fine. Yeah, just you not know, the way you but it wanted go, it to. It's not doesn't go super great, you know. You're like yeah. you're not like eh, that's okay, you know. As long as the client's happy with it, that's cool. But technically, you're like that's kind of a mess, you know. Like I mean, stuff like that in my experience is always stuff that the only person that's ever really going to notice it is you. Because I mean, the client well, and and other tattooers, other tattooers would be like. Ugh. I mean, but, maybe, but that doesn't really matter. But yeah, most most of the pieces that I've I have felt like uh, I've done myself where I have that feeling after the fact, I'm just like, uh, that quite, it wasn't quite exactly what I wanted it to be. And I'll show it to another tattoo artist. They're like, what's wrong with it? What's right. I, I don't understand. I've been thrown up a couple. I've been thrown up on a couple times. Oh, on. Right. That's always fun. Yeah. That's not the word I would use, but, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, I've dealt with a lot of vomit. Somehow I've managed to dodge it. Oh, but now that I say that, it's probably going to happen. Damn it. Right. Um, well, not like on, on, but like I had to like scoop my garbage can. You know, it's like it's been touch and go, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, this dude passed out like I'm tattooing and he's like, oh, you know, I'm not feeling super great. I'm like, OK, let's take a break. I'm going to go get you some water. Passes out and just falls just out of my chair. Bam oh, on the man. floor. And he wakes up. He's like, what happened? I'm like, you passed out. And I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. You want to finish? He's like, yeah, let's finish. You know, he's like, I'm going to go run to the 7-Eleven, get something to eat. You know, I'll, I'll be right back. So he goes and gets something to eat, comes back. Starting to work on him again. Passes out again. Oh, twice man. in the same session. And he's like, okay. So I'm like, we got to a point we can finish. I'm like, I'm happy to come back. He's like, okay, right. cool. 
So um, he comes back. He's like, I ate this time. I slept. Water. The whole, you know, it's like, I'm ready this time. Right. Cool. Working on him. Passes out again. Oh, no. Um, at least he didn't follow the chair the second two times. Right. Like, I was yes. able to, like, be, like, kind of brace him, you know, and I, I was prepared for it, you know. But yeah, so that's that's happened. Um, yeah, after a while, uh, I just started keeping uh, a little bottle of glucose tablets in my station. Yeah, are you familiar with those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if somebody just starts uh, looking like they're gonna pass out, either like burping a whole bunch, like their stomach's starting to get messed up, or like if they turn green and start sweating, I'm just like, hey, so how about you uh, just uh, take two of those, just chew those up, because right, right. it's basically just sugar. It's just candy. Right. And yeah, as soon as as soon as they get done with the second one, they're gold, right as rain. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we take, you know, we'll be like, oh, take breaks. But I don't. The other thing too is I typically don't leave them anymore. I'll yeah. be like, I'll have someone else in the shop be like, hey, can you get some water and like right. we have some candy down front. Be like, hey, can you get some candy and some water for them and then, you know, kind of get them back, get them back going again. Yeah. But um, at this point, when I'm tattooing, there's usually nobody else in the shop. Um, like it's it's pretty rare. It's just me, uh, me and the shop owner at this point, and uh, we're both appointment only. And it's sure. pretty rare that I even actually see him. Uh, so there's it's usually just me and the client. So I pretty much sure. I just have to keep something in there. Um, I don't think other weird, interesting. I haven't done anything. Yeah, you know, because a lot of those things, you know, someone will be like, oh, I want to get, like, um, I'm going to get, like, something on my face. I'm like, I don't tattoo faces. Okay. You know, I'm like, I'm not into that. I don't want to, I don't want to mess up and then it be on me that your face is messed up. That's So fair. I just, I get that whole, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um... Yeah, even if, yeah, a even lot if more of, than likely it won't happen, just like the chance that it might is not worth right, it. Right, yeah. just like even if they have work, um, you know, this lady with the, um, she had a name, and it was covered, and then she wanted to get the cover up, cover up. I'm like, oh, you need no. laser, lady. Right. Like I'm not touching that. Like right. I'm not. So I've gotten to the point where I've kind of like avoided some of those situations, um. Yeah, when in doubt, just, I mean, you don't have to do the tattoo, just avoid it. Right. Now, um, other things, I, you know, I won't do anything like this one dude wanted white power on his forearms. I said dude, no. No, no. That's one of those, you know, uh -huh. get, get the fuck out. Right. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, this one dude. So, I did do a swash the cup once. Really? Um, this one dude wanted it like he wanted it a skull with the German helmet with the swastika on the side of it. And I'm like, first of all, you're coming to me. I'm like, you know, Asian, like you're clearly not committed to this thing. Like if you were, you would have your homeboy and your clubhouse do it. Like I'm right. not, you know what I'm saying? Like you're clearly not. You're getting this for some whatever reason. I don't know. You're like in the moment, but like you're clearly not committed yeah. to it because, like, if you were, you wouldn't have me do it. Right. If you were part of something, like they've got their own tattooers. The yeah. Right. Um. 
And so I charged him double. And then I did it in such a way it'd be easy to cover. Yeah, I've heard all the arguments for that. And but, personally, I, I would be the, the one to do that um, in such a way that it could almost never be covered. Because if, if you're going to come in and really commit to something sure. like that, commit sure. to it. Um, but I, but I could just feel that the guy was like, not, you know, yeah, fair enough. So I charged him like, the other thing too, is a lot of times I'll, I'll play like what I like to call tattoo roulette. If it's something I don't really want to do, I'll make the price higher than I think it should be. Yeah. And if they still want to get it, you know, um, and so he comes in and um, so I charged him like a ridiculous amount for this thing. He paid it. Um, sure. Sure enough. Six months later, he comes in with his girlfriend and he wants it covered. So I charged him extra again to just like basically just black it out. Right. Um, you know, today and that was when I was first starting to tattoo. Today, I probably wouldn't do that, but yeah, you know, we all live and learn and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, um, and again, I like I've I've talked to some people and I totally understand. Uh, there are some dudes that are one hundred percent against it, but will still tattoo it every single time, and they'll make it big and bold and dark because they figure they're gonna get it somewhere if they really want it. It might as well be me sure. that takes your money, and now you're going to have a hell of a time covering that shit up. Right. I get that, too. So. Well, the other story that's, um, like I said, I don't do faces, and this lady wanted an uh, L.A. Dodgers logo like right in the corner of her eye. Fair. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I yeah. don't want to do that. If one of the other guys in the shop wants to do it, that's fine. And one of the other guys like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah. So he does it, and he's like, so... Are you from LA? She's like, no. Are you a Dodgers fan? She says, no. She's like, she's like, so what's with the tattoo? She's like, well, I'm getting it to piss off my husband. <laughs> what? And I'm like, no, don't like, if anything, you should get him to get it. <laughs> and then, you know, like That's so weird. And so she was in there with some dude who obviously wasn't her husband and he paid for it because. All right. And so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that one. And there's been yeah. a few of those over the years, you know, where I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to really do that. Like, yeah. Sometimes you can just feel the drama in a situation. You're just right, like, right. Something, something's off here. Like if I do this, it feels like I'm going to have to deal with some dumb shit later. Right, right. There was this, there was this dude. Um, we have the Great American Beer Fest out here. I'm into that. Um, and so it's a pretty big weekend. Like they haven't done it in the last couple of years, obviously. But like these two dudes and this lady come in, and she gets his name tattooed on her, and. So I'm like, okay, that's weird, but he's not getting hers or anything, right? So I'm like, okay. Turns out they had just met that afternoon. Oh, went to no. the greatest, went to the great 
the American Beer Fest, and then like he talked her into getting his name tattooed on her, and she thought that was a good idea. And I'm like, no, that's not like so. Yeah, every every year around Valentine's Day, I I make some sort of social media statement. It's like, don't get your significant other's name tattooed on you. Don't do it. If you're gonna do anything, get a reminder, some image that makes you think of them. Sure, sure, sure. Don't get their name. And inevitably, I have somebody contact me. He's like, but why? I don't understand. I really just love them. I want their name. We're going to be together forever. Like, how long have you been together? He's like, oh, I don't know, like six months. I was like, no. Um, one of my tattooer buddies got his like his wife's name like across his chest, real big. And he's like, yeah, well, she'll always be the mother of my child. Blah blah blah. They get divorced, and sure enough, he's like getting it covered. Yep. Um, another tattooer buddy of mine was with this girl, and he couldn't get rid of her. And he's like, "I got it." He's like, "We've broken up. You gotta, you gotta leave." And she was just hanging around, you know. So he he was blacking out his arm anyway. So he totally gets her name tattooed on him. A few months later, she's totally gone. Get the so. name tattooed on there to uh, to ward off the evil spirit. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Little tattoo talisman to uh <laughs> to ward off evil spirits. <laughs> right. Oh man. Yeah, that uh, gets such weird stuff coming to the shop. Uh, I will say I I don't deal with personally nearly as much of that stuff uh since I moved to I guess more of like a bougie shop uh as opposed sure. to like a street shop. Yeah, like speaking of old school tattoo stuff, um yeah, like I, I was trained just like you're. You're always supposed to keep weapons in the shop. You're always supposed to like be near a weapon and that sort of thing. And talking to newer tattooers, they're just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You, you need that for some reason. I'm like, you don't. But uh, yeah, so like we used to have people uh, like threaten to kill us and like just crazy, crazy people uh, all the time. Um. So I uh. I, like I was working at this one, this one shop and it was like tattoo shop in the back head shop in the front. Okay. And they were robbed at gunpoint. And so we were all held up like, um, so yeah, that does not sound like a fun experience. No, it was not great, <laughs> <laughs> but that, 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 um, Ultimately, yeah, you know, it was not, you know, but ultimately, um, they ended up just leaving, um, without anything, but like it could have gone south quickly. Right. Um, and that whole situation could have been terrible, but you know, we were, yeah, what do you do? You just... <laughs> so I mean, uh, what, what sort of era was this? Like, uh, how, how long ago? Two thousand five, maybe. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because I came in uh, two thousand eight, and it was. I, I feel like I just caught like the tail end of something. Um, right, because it, it seems like just a couple years after that, stuff started to change pretty quickly. Well, and even like my old. 
mentor like had this idea of like like he was like oh i'm like one percent this and that and the other thing and so like when i opened my shop right i just did it because that's how you know whatever and he comes in there and he tries to shake me down seriously like with like through of like dudes and like whatever they're like yeah we're gonna come back every week and get our money and we're gonna break your hands and blah 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 and in some part i think they thought it was just like a rite of passage kind of thing but like it's not cool (laughs) you know so so yeah i kind of yeah that that doesn't sound like a lot of fun so i mean no that was when was it that you opened that shop that was uh 2010. 2010. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, with all of that, what what would you like to see happen in the tattoo industry? What is, what is something a direction that you would like to see it go? Like, if you had you, any choice to make one thing happen, um, what would you what would you make that? What would you like to see happen? One thing. I would like to see more people understand that it's supposed to be fun. Okay. And not take everything so seriously. You know, it's permanent, but not really, you know, like you can be changed. It can be covered. You know, you we're understand that we're not permanent. We're going to be talk, touched upon that a little bit earlier yeah you know this mortal coil you know so like there's this seriousness about like oh it has to be like a perfect tattoo or it has to be like just get something you know get something fun right you know have some crazy deep meaning and like right just like enjoy it you know just get something cool you know just because you want to look at a cool thing like not because it has to like be some deep literary or psychological reference or some shit. Just like, right. I, I think watermelons are really cool. So I'm going to get a tattoo of a water, like something like that. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah, totally. Just whatever makes you happy. You're like, I just like this thing. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, um, just kind of like more of a, in the moment kind of thing. I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on to like, you know, and that's why I try and like push my, like, silly stuff or ridiculousness stuff or like the stuff, yeah. you know, that's why I price things so low that it's just like, I want to tattoo it. Right. Like kind of break people you let, out of that. Right. Out of that like, like, dull monotony. Right. You know, it's like, well, I get, it should mean, you know, like, but you should be able to live with it. And I'm not going to like, you know, but I want to do more like lewd tattoos. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I want to do more like, when you talk about lewd, like, how lewd are we talking here? How lewd do you want to get? <laughs> Fair enough. You know, like, I don't tattoo faces, but yeah. I really kind of tat like, I've only tattooed a couple, like, genitals. I'd like to do more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just I mean, because just for the experience, like, just because it's Just strange. to do it. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, like, like, um... I'm working on a whole sheet of like butthole tattoos. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, like that's just like, you know, just simple little like outlines, but designed for that, you know, cause it's like, 
how often are you going to do that? You right. don't. You know, like people are like, oh, and I'm like, let's do something stupid. Like, that seems like it would be so difficult. Uh, just the logistics of moving, oh, yeah, no, moving parts like, where they need to be. That seems like a. But it's something I want to do, you yeah, know, like, enough. because I, I, I don't get to, like, I don't want to mess up your face, but I'm happy to, like, you know, <laughs> like, if it's something that, like, no one else is going to see, let's do this. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I remember in my apprenticeship, uh, my mentor had this, like, thousand one uh, strange tattoos book. It was, like, this giant, thick book. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, totally. All sorts of weird stuff, like a lady that had, uh, I mean, we're talking, like, pictures from, like, late 70s, early 80s, where, like, this lady had uh, basically a necklace of dicks. Yep, uh, yeah, I know exactly. Up. That That guy, he... He's made a career of tattooing frogs and penises. Yeah, that's so. It's weird. That, that's his jam. Like I know, the, I can't remember his name, but like that's his thing, and that's his wife, I believe. Oh no, joke! It's, it's oh. got the like, and, and that each was... one is like different. Like, like there's like the there's like a zombie like, there's, like, one flag and a zombie one, and like yeah, yeah, totally. He also did like the dude. Uh, He's got like bacon and eggs on the top of his head. Yeah, I remember that That's tattoo. His work. Same, same guy's work. Same. No dude. way, because I remember it was, uh, yeah. wasn't that that was on like the cover of uh, like Skin and Ink or something like that in the early two yeah, thousands. Totally. Yeah, same dude, same no guy. No way. He's doing the frogs and the dicks and things like that's the same dude. Yeah, um, no. I mean, if but that's the kind of thing I'm like trying to push more for like that's just right. like weird and like it's you really know bizarre. like yeah yeah totally let's do it yeah <laughs> I, I can respect that totally um because i mean even even around that time like uh late 70s early 80s like a lot of those photos that were in that book are just unhinged just weird stuff and yeah you, totally. you can tell that those people definitely didn't take life too seriously they just got what they wanted Right. But, let's uh, just let's just do some let's do some space panthers and like you know like whatever you right. know. I still have yet to do a sucky panther. I want uh, so I bad. I want to do some sucky panthers. I want to do some um some um Picasso homers. Yep. Like I, that's the kind of stuff you know. Like let's do that. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean stuff that's that's kind of got like a little tinge of that uh, that sort of punk um, outlook yeah, the, on the, just just like fuck it, why not? The I did my buddy. Um, uh, I did a a he like has a bunch of punk rock stuff, and we did a baby seal getting clubbed. You know, just like a cartoon baby seal getting hit in the head with a baseball bat. You know, like. Clubbing baby seal. Mm -hmm. Just like that kind of just irreverence of just like, right. okay. <laughs> yeah, I can totally respect that. I can totally respect that. I, I totally agree. I think people um, would, could do well to, uh, to be a little bit less serious. Um, well, and that goes with tattooers as well, too. Oh, 100%. You know, just like if that tattoo doesn't come out 100%, 
perfect, it's not that big a deal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they're just everyone's so serious about like uh, you know I mean art is inherently imperfect anyways. Um, right, sure. And I mean, this is my thing. You you brought up the uh, the kid on TikTok that tattoos himself, uh, just scratching on himself one little garbage tattoo a day. The biggest issue that I personally have with that, I don't care about the uh, the awful tattoos. They're not good. But uh, my biggest issue with that, if somebody's going to do it, do it safely. Um, yeah, absolutely. My, my biggest issue with any of that is just that the guy has no idea what he is doing with the safety aspect of it and could possibly be putting other people at risk, even if he's just tattooing himself. Uh, if he gives himself hepatitis off of some surface or whatever, he could easily give or that to somebody versa. else. Yeah. He could easily give that to yeah. somebody else and they wouldn't know for a while. Um, right. Or staff or right. whatever. I mean, just yeah. a, a whole host of stuff. Um, and at that point, it's just, it's a health and safety thing. Like if you want to, if you want to make yourself look, I mean, in my opinion, kind of bad. That's cool. Just don't hurt anybody else or take uh, take chances for anybody else to do it. Right. Yeah, I just... While I think there should be some gatekeeping, more gatekeeping, Yeah. I'm not like for gate... You know, ultimately, it's like, eh, I understand that, but um, I think that yeah, just some of the tattooers are just so serious about like whatever. I'm like, you know, and then a lot of them aren't, but then there's some of them are the just like, oh, you know, it's got craft. Like, right. I'm just like, nah, dude, just whatever. It's not that big a deal, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, if you ever had a chance to meet any of like the old school dudes, like Philadelphia Eddie, you meet him at a, co- a convention, like before he passed away, like I had a chance to talk to him a little bit. And he was like, ah, whatever, just slap a tattoo on on somebody and collect the money. It's fine, whatever. Like, there was no, like, the dignity of our craft. Like, no right, shit. Right. Like, he was just a dude that did tattoos yeah, yeah. and wanted to pay his bills. Right, totally. Yeah. But, uh... Anyway. So, where can uh, people find you, well, both online and in the real world? So, online, I'm at, um, at Lou. T-A-T-L-E-W on Instagram and TikTok. Um, also, you know, there you can find all my contact and stuff. That's the easiest way. So it's like, you know, tattoo, but then my last name, Tatlu. Eh, clever. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then in real life, I'm uh, in Denver. Um, Fortune Cookie Tattoo, that's my place. Um, we're on 14th and Tremont. We're right downtown. Come by and say hi. We're, we're there. We're hanging out. So... Um, we like to keep it light. Like you know, people always come in and be like, Oh, this isn't, well, I like the vibe of your shop. We play a lot of Disney music while we're, you know, there and like, awesome. you know, it's, it's all white walls and, you know, it's not like black and dark and metal all the time. You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, we keep it light. We keep it fun. You know? Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Hopefully at some point, uh, since I'm trying to make it a point to, uh, do more conventions and all that sort of stuff. Hopefully I can make it out that way myself. There's, um, uh, there's a villain arts convention that comes out here. Okay. Um, Denver typically in September ish or so. Okay. Um, we'll, we're going to be in LA in June. 
Okay. The shop's taking a little trip out there. So if you're in that area and you want to come by and say hi, we'll be there then. Cool. Um, I think it's the last weekend in June. Um, so, you know, um, and then that's a body art expo convention. Okay. Um, but Villain Arts is in Denver. And there's another one. It's a much smaller and it's a more of a local kind of put on show. Uh, and I want to say that's in like October. Okay. I don't remember the name of it. Hmm. Well, either way, I'll have to, uh, to check out, uh, getting out that way. I've never been, uh, out towards the West coast. As far as I remember, I've pretty much just stayed Kentucky and, uh, and East. Yeah. Come check us out. It's yeah. cool. We got like all the stuff like Colorado is a cool place to visit. Like there's mountains and legal weed and like all that stuff. So, you know, yeah, it, uh, it's always sounded like an interesting place, but, uh, yeah, it's been rad having you on the show here. Like it was super fun talking and, uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep up with you on TikTok. So hopefully we yeah, can have you on sure. at some point too. Yeah, totally. I'm always happy to talk shop. You know, there's always more shit. If you want to talk more technical stuff or like Absolutely. whatever, you know, well, cool. I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and letting everybody know who you are. And until next time, uh, bye-bye y'all. All right. We'll talk to you later.